after she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General okay. Hospital. Welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. There was no Monday episode this week because of the holiday, so we're going to jump right in with Tuesday, September 8th. Yes. This is our third week of doing a week at a time episodes. Yeah, I maybe. think that is correct. Um, I think it's going okay. Definitely we're running a lot longer than we initially planned on. Like but per episode. Yeah, yeah. but... It doing a full forty five minutes for each episode was a little much, so I I think this new format is good. Well, hilariously, you know this about yourself, but for our <laughs> listeners, she can't handle. We can't like watch the five episodes for the week and then record an episode where we discuss the week. She forgets, so we have to record in like little chunks after each episode we watch. So if it ever sounds a little disjointed, that's why I. Okay, for an example of how bad my memory is and how confusing all this is, the whole cold open with Lulu and Kevin, I fully did not recognize him. <laughs> so, okay, so Lulu, and I think he was standing on some kind of platform behind a desk. Yeah. So he looked so tall and she's very short. <laughs> so my brain just short-circuited. I just wrote, hello, Lulu and tall man. I had no idea who he was. You would deposit and tell me that that's Kevin, who I fully know. Yeah, yeah. And he had very helpfully referred to her as his stepdaughter because he's married to Laura and you right. know all this. I know all this, but no, day to day, moment to moment, I can't keep everything in mind. So I yeah. think that's very indicative. Um, so let's start with them at the hospital. Um, so they're really just there to bump into Cyrus Renault. Mm-hmm. As you do. Uh-huh. Um, I was, I'm starting to get confused about Cyrus Renault and his motives. Because he pulls Lulu aside and he's like, he seems to be fixated on Laura. And then starts talking about their family. And he's like, you and your mom have similar histories. You both uh, fell from dangerous men and went on adventures and then settled down. Do you ever miss your old life? What does that mean? What is he trying to do? I don't know. He's just being sort of vaguely creepy at them both. Yeah. With and we don't we just don't know enough about his background and his motivations beyond he wants to traffic drugs and he misses the creepy creepy what did he say when he first got out of prison like he misses the siren song of female voices oh yes like Ew. such a creep i forgot about that and then on his way out because all they really do is trade veiled insults and talk about monica and bobby being fired but on his way out he's just like by the way miss spencer i wouldn't say no to a home-cooked meal you don't invite yourself to anyone's house for a home-cooked meal well she Much was less... just dropping off a home-cooked meal for kevin i know but like so, again, just vaguely creepy. Like, yeah. it's a, it was just a weird and creepy thing to say. But speaking of Monica and Bobby being fired, did you hear that Monica and Bobby were fired? Like, I just feel like that was the theme of the episode. Everyone told everyone else. Um, I was like, do, is there anyone left who doesn't know that Monica well, and Bobby like, got fired? There was one episode where every single scene was someone telling someone else Cyrus Renault got out of prison. So it yeah. felt very much like that. Um, okay. So the dumb thing out of the way first is that that WSB agent tells Olivia that, oh, you know, Robert worked really hard to get you here. He must love you very much, which is maybe a, a, a misunderstanding, obviously. But then they do this thing on the show where everything that gets could potentially bring drama or awkwardness, she then tells Robert, like, did you have to do that? That's happened a lot. We're like, uh, oh, it's not relevant, but I'll bring this thing up. And it so the the show is now that's now in the text our theory that they're kind of maybe they like each other maybe which is interesting because if so before they resumed filming remember we talked about because we had found out about Holly's presumed death mm -hmm. and we were talking about how there was sort of a spoiler that I thought was maybe going to get scrapped because who knew when they were going to film again that the actress who played Holly was going to come back and Holly oh. was going to turn out to be alive and they were going to maybe revisit Robert and Holly, who knows. Mm -hmm. um, so if the storyline is still heading in that direction, if they were still able to get her to come film, you know, after everything that's happened, it, it's interesting to me. I'm like, 
wait, so are they setting up Olivia and Robert? But then if they can bring Holly back into the mix, like, uh, so I, I'm curious if they're trying to, like, throw us off. Yeah. Or where this is going. I mean, he's seeing her, him support, seeing Robert support Olivia as opposed to everything Ned's been doing. I like it. I'm on board with this. Um, and then Dante said no. And kudos to Olivia's actress. Oh, it's Lisa Lo Cicero, I believe. Okay. Like, she literally was acting against a door, you know, with Dante being on the, on the other side. It was just a really lovely performance. She had to get to this very heightened state, and I thought she did a lovely job, and it was very effective and um, very... Um, well done and heartbreaking and um, and yeah, just well done. And, and just because we had the juxtap- juxtaposition in this episode, although there was that one sort of moment and we're speculating that maybe Robert and Olivia may become romantic at some point, at this point it's, it's such a lovely expression of a friendship between a man and a woman mm-hmm. without anything romantic and it's very natural and it's really a lot of it has been them bonding over, like, the love of their kids and, like, all this stuff. And then in the same episode, we had what I think was an attempt at maybe a bonding moment, but just really the most awkward conversation and dialogue of all time, which was Brando and Sam. Sam Brando, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, look, I'm glad she's getting over her grudge because that was boring and awkward and uncomfortable to watch. I'm glad, you know, they're going to maybe team up, you know, her and Jason and, and Brando against Cyrus, but... That was the most. It was so uncomfortable. Scene. I mean, when she's just when it's almost it was almost more uncomfortable than the time when she just screamed at him the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, she just wouldn't leave his garage. Yeah, like that was just crazy because it was so one note. This hit a note, but it was not the right note. It was a there, weird note. It was note. this forced camaraderie. Like, let's. Oh well, you don't know the life I've led. Well, let me tell you all about it for no yeah, reason. Yeah, it was it, it was, was strange. It wasn't natural. It didn't like flow like a normal conversation. It was very stilted, and I cannot figure out why. Like, it is the writing for them. Is whoever's doing the writing for them like is it that different than whoever's doing the writing for like Robert and Olivia, for example? Is the actor who plays Brando like just not up to par? Because I know Kelly Monaco can act. Because yeah. I've been watching her f- for fifteen years. Yeah. I don't know what's... I don't know what it is. I feel like they haven't defined Brando as a character, maybe for themselves yeah. or for the audience, because I am pro- I project a lot of silly things onto Brando because <laughs> yeah. of all this stuff. But this episode, he was, like, very, like, gruff and... I don't, I don't know. It felt like he was playing... He didn't... I feel like his character changes all over the place and, like, I don't know. I just feel like he kind of is whatever they need him to be yeah, in a given exactly. scene. I don't think we know enough about him. I don't think the, the actor knows enough about him, maybe. Yeah. That, I think it's exactly what you said. They, he, they just change him to be whatever he needs to be in a given scene. Absolutely. If, like, if you ask me to describe Brando or to, like, write a character, character description for him for, like, a casting call... I would have zero idea what to put. I have no, I have no words to use to describe Brando. I have no adjectives. Yeah. I just know nothing about him. He exists. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Right. Okay, so Sam learns about Monica and Bobby, goes, sets up a next scene with Jason where she's like, I just found out that my actions contributed to getting your mom fired. So do you blame me for that? Is it my fault? Okay, Jason leaves Sam and Brando at the hospital together. I thought it was odd that... Brando's like, thank you for saving my life. And Jason kind of rejects that. He's like, no, 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 I owed you for saving Carly once. That's the only reason I came and helped you. So I'm not sure. I don't know if I've seen them interact. Maybe Jason's not the biggest fan of Brando because because, um, he and Sonny are best friends. And he's like, you don't need any other support, Sonny. Is is he jealous? Okay. Speaking of projecting silly things, (laughs) um, you know, I don't think that's quite Jason's style. Okay. Um, he may not quite fully trust Brando yet, you know. It seemed slightly harsh (laughs) to someone lying in a hospital bed. It's like, don't misunderstand the reason why I helped you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, weirder was when Sam referred to Brando as Sonny's asset. Investment. 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 Still weird. Um, and that's why he needed to get better because we can't let Sonny down. Yeah. And I felt like that was maybe a joke, like... She was trying to, like, be light with him now that they're, like, on more friendly terms. But it just came off weird. Yeah. Um, 
then Jason goes to meet up with Spinelli, and they basically, Spinelli's like, I have all this new information. He really doesn't. No. So they just talk about Peter a little bit. Um, but basically, it was hilarious to me that Valentine basically sat in the Metro court, mm-hmm. and uh, I think sat on a memo that he was having, having open office hours to discuss Nell defense and Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> because Peter sits down to talk to him about, Oh, no, Julian sits down to talk to him about Nell, and then Peter lurks in the background for the entirety of their conversation, and then comes to join Valentine to talk about Nell. I'm like, guys, just get together for a We Hate Nell club. It's fine. So, Julian wants to get out of his marriage with Nell. Pretty straightforward. I don't know why Valentine and Julian are on good terms, or terms, maybe. <laughs> Neutral terms. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't get the vibe that they were, like, friends or anything, but... But they were revealing a lot of information to each other. It was... Uh, well, the, you know, they they may not have yet formed the We Hate Nell Club, but they're certainly in the we are pseudo-reformed, like, former <laughs> evil characters who are trying our best to maintain a veneer of social acceptability yeah. in Port Charles that is Club. All, that is all three of them. Maybe Cyrus can join one day oh. if he reforms. Um, it is funny, and Peter said that very, very outright to Valentine was like, I, I want to get where you are and do this reformed thing. Franco could join them, although I guess yeah. Franco's further down the path, but... It was very funny the three of that the, all three of them having that in common. I hadn't put together because why would I? Um, Julian goes away. Peter joins him, and Peter's like, "Okay, Jason Morgan is now a problem because Spinelli Nell told Spinelli you told Jason all this stuff." And Valentine's like, "Okay, great. I'll do what I can to keep Jason from destroying you." Peter and Valentine, when they're separate, talking to other people. I think they're fun. When they're together, they're both so up to 11 and so heightened. It sounds like kids playing a game of spy or something. Like, it's just very, I don't know. It's very funny, and it doesn't read very true. (laughs) It's because their, like, history and, like, backstory is in, like, a slightly, not a different genre. Like, they're so characters. But their backstory is, like, so, like, wild because they were, like, part of, like, Faison's whole world, which was, like, who, who's a very up to, like, 11 all the time supervillain, if not up to, like, 15. I mean, just... So their, their whole backstory is just, like, evil Machiavellian shenanigans. And evil theatrical shenanigans. Yes, very theatrical. Yes. Which is what I love about Valentine. Um, there was a whole storyline with Faison, Peter's father, where he, like, wore, a, like, a mask... Pretended to be someone else to, like, trick Anna. Like, extremely theatrical yeah. people. So funny. So ridiculous. Um, and then, we've talked about this, but Valentine's whole rationale for helping and mentoring Peter out of his evilness. I'm like, I don't know if he's ready to teach others yet. He's still working on it. But he's like, is he delivered Peter to Faison? Mm-hmm. And then they go over that Jason shot Faison. Mm-hmm. Which I probably knew. And then Jason blames Peter for the five-year kidnapping thing. And then Anna intervened with Jason and played that card to save Peter. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just recapping for me. And so their plan now is to convince Jason that Peter is essential to Anna's happiness. So forget about being kidnapped for five years. I know Jason and Anna respect each other, but that seems kind of shaky grounds for Jason not to move on Peter. It, yes, I concur. If it was some, if it was someone closer to Jason, because maybe. But Anna, it's the connection is through Robin, mm-hmm. the mythical Robin that I hear a lot about, and then Maxie's not connected to Jason. Maxie, so Maxie and Spinelli obviously used to be an item, baby, True, right. baby Georgie, um, and so, so back in the day, like Maxie and Spinelli were were very often hanging around with Jason. Maxie, mm. less so now, like, after she and Spinelli broke up. So it's been a while. But I don't know if we've ever seen Maxie and Jason interact since no. we've been watching. It's really fun. Okay. It's really cute. It's like a big brother thing. Uh, it's more she's... and well, Kind of, but more like she's the annoying little sister and he's just like, oh my god. <laughs> I can <laughs> Like, see- he doesn't know what to do with her. It's it's really funny. I can see that. It's it's not dissimilar to the way he is with Spinelli, actually. Like, oh my god, right. stop talking, get to the point, Yeah. what is it? But he does care. He does right. care about Maxie, for sure. And, and, like, what a dumb plan, because if they do, if they decide, okay, 
Maxie and Anna are important to Jason and Spinelli, even if Peter makes them happy, he will want this evil person out of their lives. You even would think. if it makes them yeah. unhappy. So whatever. That's I mean, he's, he hasn't murdered Franco yet. Out of respect for Liz. I was, sorry, drawing an incomplete comparison there. Oh, right. Because Franco did a lot of shady things to them, too. Very, Stop. very shady directly to Jason and Sam. And yeah. Jason is leaving him alone because I think, not really because of the brain tumor, I think because he has a begrudging respect for... Liz and they share a son and all that jazz. But it's got to be killing him that Franco is his son's stepfather. Yeah. This is such a weird universe. I, yeah. Um, last piece is George, Alexis learns more about Neil dying of an overdose, opio, opioids specifically, and then Jordan, who's been telling Alexis all this, shows up at Cyrus Renault's door. Why did you kill Neil Byrne? Yeah. So I was kind of right, not that the results were wrong, but that he didn't... There's more to more it. More to it. Yeah. So wait, so here's my question. So we talked about how we've, we've seen these very telegraphed scenes with, like, Sasha and the drugs. Have we seen Sasha do the drugs? Like, was Sasha shooting up? We, uh, we didn't see her do... The, it, it was implied. Okay. So, but it's that type of... I don't know. It was in a little couch. I assumed it was Coke, like just a line of Coke, because that tracks with like that industry. No offense. Tracks with like modeling or something. Like Coke would energize you. I don't feel like shooting up heroin or whatever. Which they didn't use, they didn't say heroin. Right. They said, they just said opioids. Okay. So we need more information. Maybe, maybe we're making an assumption that Neil and Sasha's drug use is connected. Well, now we're saying Neil wasn't using drugs, Cyrus Renault murdered him. Right, right, right. But, but I mean, is oh, that connected to whatever it, drug trafficking? Is it all the same drugs that those, Cyrus is trafficking? Those, those will all collide. Right. And it's weird because if he was, if he wanted, I have no idea why he would want to murder Neil of all people, but why do it with the thing he wants to run through the town that would raise attention and awareness about opioid becoming, opioids becoming an epidemic in Port Charles? I don't know. Again, I just, we just don't know enough about his true motivations and mm-hmm. what, like, is the drug trafficking his primary goal or is it a means to an end? Is he, mm-hmm. like, what does he want? And I, I'm annoyed that I'm asking these questions because, like, I don't care. Yeah. But, like, if, if he's going to be this involved in all these storylines, then we do need more information, which right. I, I'm sure we'll get down the line. Right. So I have no idea. Um, but it is interesting that Jordan beelined to him. So she must know something. This must be like reminiscent of like a past case that he was involved with or how he assassinates people Yeah, that she knows from when she was undercover with him. Here's my problem with Jordan. She, at the end of the day, she's going to come out looking almost as bad as Cyrus Renault because every action she's taking, she's taken is just causing people to suffer and it just keeps getting compounded. Like, I mean, there's her husband um, about the Taggart stuff. There's Trina and Portia. There's Molly about TJ going missing. There's TJ ultimately. I think I think we're gonna see him have some issues with all this. Um, there's now and now Alexis. Like, keeping this all to herself is a really bad plan. It always has been. But like, and it's it's so. And at, the, at this point, like, if someone were to investigate this, she's looks like she's straight up just working for Cyrus Renault, and she has no. One to back her up that she's not. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really kind of irritating to me seeing, like, Sam bending over backwards, feeling so guilty about an action that she took to keep her family safe and together that had consequences that she was not aware of and and didn't have enough information to predict that, like, led to, like, Cyrus taking over the hospital and, like, you know, Bobby and Monica getting fired and all this stuff. And she's, like, racked with guilt over it. But Jordan... Got Cyrus out of prison. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, just, just to get her son back. Just so, to get her son back. Like, like obviously TJ's life is important, but she could have like mounted a rescue attempt. She could have, you know, started picking off Cyrus's connections. Got maybe got him put into um, solitary or something. Cut off whatever connection he has to the outside to where he still has henchmen willing to do things for him, like kidnapping. Like, cut off his resources. He was in prison. Yeah. No one knew about the falsified evidence. 
he had done the most of the things he'd been put away for. Like, yeah, this is this is all fucking Jordan's fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. She could have handled the TJ kidnapping situation so much better. Right. Or, like, you've said this before, I think, but, like, bringing Mac and her husband or the police force onto it, like, because, like, what, now she looks really dirty. She looks really dirty because she is really dirty. Yeah. And she's she's and, dug herself into a hole she is not able to get out of. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's the cause of everything and every, she's the reason everyone is suffering right now. Yeah. Blanket statement. Okay, so Wednesday, September 9th, I'm Claire obs- is already losing her shit. I'm obsessed with this episode. Just so many things I love happened. <laughs> there was so much Portia. <laughs> <laughs> there was a so lot of Portia. Portia. Okay, so let's go real fast. Alexis is sad. Cool. Nothing new. Let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay, let's, I don't even, I don't even know. Okay, so Portia. Okay, her and Ava's conversation was so great because, remember, my introduction to Ava was through Portia and Trina mm-hmm. in the art gallery. It was so much fun to see them connect. And, like, Portia, the theme of the episode is Portia just laid everything on the table. She basically was like, I don't believe you live an honorable life, so I'm going to let Trina still hang out with you, but I'm keeping my eye on you. work for her at the gallery. Right. Um, But I am keeping my eye on you. And Ava was like, normally if someone said that to me, I'd say go to hell, but if I, she recognizes what a great mother Portia is, protecting her daughter, so she just kind of, I think, admires Portia for saying that and owned up to it, and then they, like, joke together and... It was so good. I know. I was just like, oh, are they going to be best friends? Maybe not right away, but, like, it's coming. I'm hoping for it. There's a respect there, and Ava didn't deny anything. She was just like, this is all true, but I am. I want to be a good person for your daughter. Not the rest of the episode. She goes and helps Julian break into the lawyer's office. So it's yeah, really yeah. funny seeing those two facets of Ava. She is genuinely wants to be a good mentor for this young girl and earn Portia's trust, and then we'll turn on Julian and be like, oh, what? I wish you'd let me kill Nell when I, I when offered. I offered. <laughs> yeah. So we've, I've, I'm seeing all those different pieces of Ava play out, but seeing them literally back-to-back was so good. Yeah. It was very nice. Um, and then Portia kind of did the same thing with Jordan. Um, she was just like, I just want to clear the air. I know you know about the conversation with Curtis about Portia and Curtis's past, but... It's clearly in the past. I have no designs on your husband. And then they move on and talk about other things. And, like, that's just so mature for this universe. <laughs> yeah. I feel like most yeah. other dynamics are, like, keep it secret and plotting. But Portia's just the best. Well, it, it's interesting, too, because maybe if everything, if other things were different, like, that still would have played out that way. But the fact that Jordan knows Taggart is alive and is keeping that from her and, like, knows that Trina is really upset and grieving when she doesn't have to be and so and feels really guilty and responsible. Like, I'm not saying she would have caused a big stink about Portia and Curtis's conversation anyway, but I think it, it certainly didn't hurt that she feels incredibly guilty for what she's done to Portia that Portia doesn't, doesn't even know about. Right. And Portia is role modeling this good behavior of being honest and clearing the air and Jordan is so not... Doing that. Doing that. Yeah. So I think Jordan, Portia's wrath will come after Jordan when this all comes out. Very possibly. Um, and then, um, I guess just that same theme, um, I don't know what's going on with Jocelyn right now. She's yeah. acting really strange. But I did appreciate Cam was like, Cam to Trina was like, why did you tell Jocelyn? And Trina was like, my mother has taught me to put <laughs> things out into the open. Um and then I thought it was very self-aware of Cam to be like, well, you know what they say about three people knowing a secret? Because that, he's, um, th- I, it feels like none of the characters on the show know that, except for Cam, <laughs> with the way secrets always come out and one person tells this person and tells someone else. So Cam right. um, knows the rules. Indeed. I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, Jocelyn was acting so strange. Yeah, I wasn't sure what she was getting at there. If she... You know, with her whole, like, oh, we should all go to homecoming as friends and, like, avoid all the relationship drama. Like, I can't tell if she likes Cam and is trying to preemptively, like, stop Cam and Trina from going together or if she 
wants to know. encourage it. Like, I, I really don't know what her... I thought... I almost thought she was going to say... She's like, oh, I've, I've been thinking about the three of us. And then she's like, no, let's all go to the dance. I thought she was going to, like, do something really dumb and annoying. Like, we should all three make a pact to, like, never date each other. So that, like, nothing will ever come between our friendship. But she didn't, thank God. Well, it, I don't know. There's this, there's this glint in her eyes that I don't fully trust her. It feels to me more like she's trying to drive a wedge between them because she is jealous or wants Kim for herself, or doesn't want them to get together and leave her out. I don't. I don't trust I, her right now. With yeah, this. I don't know what it is. I, I. I don't know if I would go so far as to say I don't trust her, but but I don't quite have a read on her motivation right now. Well, I guess just it was. So, I thought it was really shady to be like, I know what's up, and then not reference it, and just like she, she felt like she was just letting Cam squirm there. Oh yeah. I don't know. I didn't really like it. Um. Okay. Um. We got some time with Bobby, who I never see. She's talking mm-hmm. to Carly. She did a good history corner for me. She used to be married to Valentine's brother, Stefan. Yes. Briefly, I think she married him on the rebound after she and Tony Jones got divorced. And he was doing it because he wanted, like, revenge on the Spencers because of something um, mm-hmm. that probably Luke had done. Um, so it did not last very long. And then she... Um, Realized how evil he was being and, like, I think tried to get him in trouble and he found out and they got divorced and it was very brief, very long time ago. Gotcha. Just another little connection between the Cassidines and the Spencers. Yes. Um, speaking of the Cassidines, Valentine was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. He, um, he was talking to Martin about Nell because he clearly wants to move on Nell on Peter's behalf to protect yes. Peter. And he also knows, has figured out that the leverage Nell had over Julian is in Martin's possession. And Martin helpfully told him he keeps all his important documents in his briefcase. As he opened it right in front of Valentine with, with Nell's the, letter clearly on top. Yeah. He verbally said it and then visually demonstrated that. So Valentine now knows where to find that leverage um, to move on Julian, potentially. That would be way more interesting, though. Rather than, like, Nell or, like, Cyrus having leverage on Julian, Valentine having leverage on Julian, I feel, like, would lead to more interesting things. Yeah, anything to get Valentine on screen, honestly. Well, I, I like that. him so much. And then it was, the, I think the laugh out loud moment of the episode for me was when, <laughs> yeah. when, um, uh, his, Valentine's asking about Nell, and Martin's like, well, you know what, not to name names, but my hypothetical client, and Valentine just shouts, Nell. <laughs> like, duh. Yeah, and then, and then when he's like, no, like, I'm not gonna say the name, my hypothetical client, and then he, he, he's like, okay, fine, Medea. Did that, was that, I thought that was great. It was so funny. Was that a reference to something? The Greek, Oh, like, okay. I didn't know if there was a character, right, on the show name. Oh, Medea. on this show. No, no. Yeah. I knew the Greek reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he just full on threatens Martin Gray, and he's like, yeah, like because that's he's over too. His clients are not very nice to him. No, but it was it was very good because I I thought it was a smart angle. Martin was like, well, if I disclose stuff about Nell to you, how could you trust me not to disclose your stuff? And Valentine was just like, because you'd go missing like Nell is. <laughs> like, so that was very good. Um, uh, okay, so then. Ava has a wholesome conversation with Trina and then has a not wholesome conversation with Julian. They go um, talk about Nell. They break into Martin's office with no apparent plan. Ava was like, oh, do you think there's like a silent alarm? And Julian's like, I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. And then she pulls the fire alarm. So that was funny. It's funny because we haven't, I mean, well, besides Julian helping Nell kidnap a child, we haven't seen them do anything like, illegal in a long time like they've both been sort of trying to you know live respectable lives so watching them like break and enter as a family just (laughs) heartwarming yeah I thought that was funny um and then okay I was gonna say I was going to include Jordan with the other storylines that were boring but her conversation with Cyrus Renault this time was actually kind of interesting for the first time yeah yeah because I realized for the first time like I don't know, why is he denying all this when it's just him and Jordan? Maybe, yeah. You know? I thought that was really weird. It was almost Nell-like. Like, mm. he got... it. He at least acted very convincingly, like, affronted. Yeah. When he was like, I've never kidnapped anyone in my life. Like, he sounded right. genuinely offended. Yeah. And I was like, 
you know you had TJ kidnapped. Jordan knows you had TJ kidnapped. There's no one else here. Yeah. Like, it was weird. It was almost like, I would say it's like Nell levels of delusions, but he's clearly just very good at, like, the double speak and, like, not actually saying anything incriminating yeah. ever. I guess he can he can never be sure that she's not wearing a wire. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. And then um, I had just so many questions. Like, why deny all this? And then... Like, he alluded to her inviting Taggart to town. So did I miss something? Does he know Taggart is alive? I think he meant the first time. Oh, Because Taggart had been gone for years and years and years and years. Okay. And then Trina and Portia had been introduced independent of Taggart. And then Jordan, like, brought Taggart back to town. Yeah. And that's when, like, like, prior, leading up to the shootout where he died. Right, right, right. I had a moment where I thought he was alluding that he knew about that. And I was like, why isn't that more of a big deal? Okay, that makes sense. And then... I don't know, it was all interesting, and then Jordan was like, I don't, yeah, it felt like it's maybe moving towards other things happening with him. He's starting to feel more like a, a threat or like a real character, because yeah. I can't figure him out yet, but um, it's... Well, and then, interestingly, the reason she went over to confront him was about, like, you know, Neil's death, which it, he, again, seemed to genuinely not know what was up with that, because as soon as she left, he, like, called, you know, some henchman and was like, find out how that guy died, or yeah. like, find out where he got the drugs. The whole time, I'm like, okay, he, it's same tactic, he, he, he killed Neil, I totally believe that, the end of the last episode, he killed Neil, and he's just, again, deny, deny, deny in front of Jordan, but then he made, a, exactly, he made that phone call, so maybe he didn't have Neil killed. Maybe not directly or on purpose, but there's got to be some connection. Because, like, Jordan was so suspicious. Because when she first showed up there, you know, at the end of the last episode, we were like, you know, why is she accusing him? But then she pointed out that how he died is so very similar to how the other two guys besides Taggart had died, who, like, helped, you know, put away Cyrus in the first place. And Cyrus had them killed, right? Yeah. I feel like Neil had to have been killed, yeah, I, I agree, because I, I think, you know, Alexis is sort of spinning right now, but I think she's right when she said I, this, I think this episode, like, an addict is really good at recognizing other addicts. Yeah. And I don't think that she would have missed the signs if there were signs. Yeah, it's it's kind of Occam's razor. Like, we know there's criminal, like, it it's just makes the most sense that someone killed him, but who and why? But but and Cyrus didn't even know who he was. Yeah, and Neil has no connections to anyone. And it would have because they found the needle in Alexis's bedroom, so someone would have had to like sneak into her bedroom and do that though. Yeah, because it's not like you know he got he shot up elsewhere and then went to her place. Like they found a needle. Yeah. So yeah, just super fun episode. Like, um, Ava. Both sides of Ava were great. Seeing Valentine threaten people is so great. Uh, Portia was so great. Um, and oh, towards the end of Trina's conversation, or sorry, Portia's conversation with Jordan, I was like, why am I so into this? And I realized it's that thing we talked about. Jordan finally had a conversation with someone who's not her husband or Cyrus Renault. Yeah. This was so much fun. It was a good one. Um, I know you were not super interested, but. I did appreciate, because Sam has been beating herself up um, over this whole ELQ hospital business, that Jason, very reasonably and very rationally, was like, this is not your fault. This is Valentine's fault. I understand why you did what you did. I know that you didn't do it knowing that it was going to be at the expense of, like, my mom or ELQ. Like, Michael would get the company back. We'll take down Cyrus for no, like... Bobby and Monica losing their jobs is temporary. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And I just really appreciated that. Because Sam has been beating herself up. And um, just having Jason reassure her, even though, I, you know, I don't think she's going to stop feeling guilty. But having that reassurance from Jason, I think, was was good and, and needed. Right. Like, we have actionable next steps. It's okay. Not, mm-hmm. not a crisis. Um, Carly and Vic were fine. Just kind of that flirting dynamic. Um, Bobby threatened to slap Valentine, which is great. I was yeah. like, am I going to see another soap slap? Because I've seen two. Um, so I, I was hoping for a third, but it doesn't seem to happen. And then I thought Valentine's dig at Nell was funny. Nell, Benson, Archer, Jerome. So Archer must be Shiloh's last name. Yes. Okay. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, um, his... Well, he because he went just by one name. He went by Shiloh when he was running the cult. But his actual name, I think, is David Henry Archer. So 
I think sometimes they'll refer to him as like Shiloh or that. Oh. So I, I, I assume his legal name never changed. So yeah. Nell would have been and Nell Archer. You know what? I do want to call out. I, I was not. So just like we saw two sides of Ava, I actually it was nice to see two sides of Julian because it's the first time you've really seen Alexis and Julian together, right? Yeah. If any significance, besides he gave her a ride. He that gave one her time. a ride, and they referenced the knife thing. So I was very distracted right. and thought about all of how horrible he was. But he was genuinely kind of like taking care of Alexis, and then when she kind of laid a boundary, like you're not, the, I can't, you're not the person to support me. You're just, you don't have that role in my life anymore. He called Sam and filled Sam in. I forgot Sam didn't know about the opioid stuff. Yeah. And made sure Sam was with Alexis. Um, and then turned around with Ava and went and committed a crime. But, right, right. But it was the same kind of trajectory as Ava of like, okay, there's people they care about that they are genuine with, and then they have to kind of keep that separate in their brains and then go do criminal activity. I, and it was because although I, I do acknowledge that Julian cares about Alexis, even though he sucks, um, but it's, it was kind of like a satisfying dig when she was like, they were, they were at her house waiting for the cops to come and get the syringe. And she was like, wow, I guess it just turns out I fell for someone who's better at lying. Because when during their marriage, he was, you know, living his double life and being a mob boss. And I was just like, oh, he deserved that. Yeah, and he just kind of took it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm more inter- interested in Julian now, mm-hmm. um, seeing that kind of side. Yeah, and, and it was it was... Again, I, I don't think that Sam is obligated to have a relationship with Julian, but just the acknowledgement that he, you know, like thanking him for calling her and telling her about uh, uh, Alexis and, and that she shouldn't be alone right now and everything. And she was just like, okay, thanks. Like, I'll, I'll take care of it and, and moving on. It was just, it's just nice. Um, like, appropriate and, like, reasonable reactions. Like, I, I just appreciate how those dynamics are being handled yeah and seeing like I don't know it makes it makes when they do comically evil things it makes it more fun um oh when when there's someone they care about yeah yeah or just having that balance they're not Cyrus Renault like yeah watching Valentine be so evil and scheming I know he loves Charlotte like there's always there's something a redeeming quality to find um and just the juxtapositions are being May are, are more clear to me of like behavior and motivations and like even the Portia and Jordan stuff of Portia laying it out all on the line and then it's it's more striking than ever how Jordan is not mm-hmm. um and within this episode but I think I'm starting to draw some pictures some like big picture stuff too I love this show <laughs> I love that you love this show so this is the episode from Thursday September 10th and I just want to say most episodes, there's, like, a headline or a th- theme takeaway that I'm like, oh, my God, that episode had, like, Portia was on screen. That's the, <laughs> That's the theme. That's the headline. Or it's the nurse's ball or it's a birthday party or something. This episode had, like, six different headlines. And I don't know. Let me know what you think the, the biggest one. Because just, like, so many, not even crazy things, but so many, like, one, like incredible one-off things happened. Okay. Or, like iconic things not good not necessarily good things okay number one we saw a flashback from (gasps) the 70s 80s oh my god that okay i'm i'm almost more mad than than i am excited because this whole time especially when like we first found out about holly's death and there was that scene in like the bar with mac and robert and felicia and i think anna showed up um and they were like talking about holly and I was like, all of these actors have been playing these roles for decades. Oh. Why don't we ha- why aren't we getting flashbacks right now? Why when they're talking about Holly and her and memorializing her and whatever, why aren't we getting old school flashbacks? And then we got we finally get one and it was all of five seconds long. Interesting. So I didn't realize all those actors had played those same characters. Yeah. Watching that I was like, oh, maybe Robert's the only one. So they, they, they could do that with Robert and Holly. It was so cool. Though. No, no. Robert, Holly, Anna, Bobby, Monica, Luke, Laura. Like, all of these oh. actors yeah. have been in these roles Still, for literal okay. decades. It didn't make me mad. It was really... It was, your it was reaction so cool, was, was great. It was super cool. And I think I knew a little bit of that, that 
they were married for other reasons and then fell in love. Yeah, they they talked about it a couple episodes ago. I think Robert married her to stop her from being deported, and she was pregnant with Luke's baby, but then she lost the baby, and they thought Luke was dead, and then they fell in love. I was mad we didn't go back there to the... That must have been the 80s, right? Yeah, give or take. It was cool. Okay, it was but, so cool. But that was, just, that was just one. Okay, number two, um, I just uh, could not believe that um, all of a sudden I was like, okay, Liz and Nicholas... Ava and Franco, just, it's never going to end. They're going to keep having these conversations. This episode, all of a sudden, they seem to independently decide they wanted, or like, Franco and Elizabeth seem to, especially Elizabeth, seem to decide they wanted to end their marriage, and then they both sets of couples kissed back to back, and there was like a camera shutter effect, which was wild, so we'll talk about that. And then this, okay. this is, it seems definitive that they're setting up that we're going to say goodbye to Mike in the next episode, which to yeah. me feels like the end of an era in the, you know, handful of episodes that I've seen, but that's been going on this whole time. Um, and then, like, Nina got an answer about the necklace, and um, uh, Sunny had my favorite line of the episode. I just, just, all of that was, and then you, Olivia's off to do European adventures with Robert. It just felt like such a game-changer episode. Before before we continue, what's what was your favorite line of the episode from Sunny? Oh, <laughs> it's more a line I give in my in my head. So Neil or Ned and Sunny are talking. Uh-huh. Ned tells Sunny about Olivia going off to see Dante, and Ned's like, you know, it's just not a good time for Olivia to run off to Europe because of what Mike is going through with you and what I'm going through with Brooklyn. And Sunny's like, I understand why she went to go see our son, you sociopath. <laughs> like. Like, no no equivocation, just out of the gate, Sunny is like, no, that makes total sense. I can't go, but of course she jumped at the opportunity to go see our son for possibly the only chance she'll ever have. Yeah, and that sucks. And that sucks. And then Franco had a line that I just, like, also super vibed with, so there's just... There's a, a lot. A lot. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a great... Line from Sunny. You're right. You're yeah, right. he didn't. The sociopath part was implied. I should say he didn't. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't say, say that. Didn't say that part. Um, yeah, I was just like really digging everything. I know I don't normally do like big overviews. Oh, I almost forgot the biggest headline of all. They did a meta soap reference. Yeah. The, the jeweler guy was like, "If you don't mind, it's almost time for my stories." They referenced yes. soap. They referenced soap operas existing in the world of a soap opera, which rarely happens that was pretty that was pretty awesome that was wild and I've literally been talking about that for a while like some Mm -hmm. kind of meta acknowledgement so just like lots of lots of good stuff okay it was great okay where do you want to start okay so I am putting money on it I am right Liz and Franco are playing Nicholas and Ava and that's why there's the camera shutters they're playing them like they're because they're they know about the clause where if they cheat the divorce, you know, the, the post-nup. So they are, they totally are playing them both. They're going to have, they're going to confront each other with the photos or whatever. Wait, wait, wait. So Liz and Franco are playing Ava and Nicholas? I, I think, I'm putting, I'm putting money on it right now. I said it a little while ago yeah. and you just were more confused than anything else because you don't, you're still not fully immersed in the world of soap operas. I think I believe everything that, to, unless there's evidence otherwise, I believe everything characters say, I guess. Yeah. Unless I know they're lying. No, I'm, I, I guarantee you. You know, my Liz big question... Franco were setting them up. My big question was, like, how, how are they both being photographed? <laughs> That's fair. Especially, like, they were laying it on so thick. Uh-huh. Liz and Franco both. Like, Liz and Nicholas was like, oh, yeah, like, how could my marriage have fallen apart well, so it's, quickly? It's, 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 well, it seemed like from the beginning of the scene to the end of the scene, she was committed to Franco, and then by the end, she had made the decision to end her marriage just based on this casual conversation. So that seemed odd to me, and then, I, yeah, okay. I'm right. I'm on board. I promise. Okay. I, it, that, that makes, like I said, last segment, but or last episode, Occam's Razor, the way it ended, that does make the most sense. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew way earlier though. How how could you tell? It seemed so. Have is have all all their fighting? I no, 
know. I think the, the, a lot of the fighting has been genuine. But remember, we were like, why would Liz over here in the bathroom? Not like, why would she? Why would the writers have Liz, Liz over here? Oh, Ava about the infidelity find, clause. Yeah, finding out about the infidelity clause. Oh, right. So she's like, because her first line was like, your, your fake marriage is ruining my real one. And obviously, again, she's, I think, playing him. But I think she was... She meant that. She was like, like, you guys are messing with my marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is also, this scene was the first scene that she said she forgave Nicholas. Oh, okay. She, she was, she's playing him. She's okay. mad. She's mad at him yeah. for using him and Ava's little game, power plays, she, for using her and Franco as pawns in it. She's pissed. Okay. I, I guarantee you. Okay, this is more, that's more fun. I wish I'd remembered that when we watched the episode, that that's your theory, because <laughs> I would have probably read all of it very differently. Yeah. Um, but. Like, I might be wrong, but I would be real surprised. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, because it was very obvious what they were doing, like, Ava to Franco was like, oh, Elizabeth doesn't want you to succeed, which I was like, that's good seed planting, and her goal is to get Franco to say that to Elizabeth, like, and that would, that's a dis- destructive element. Because um, I do believe that Ava cares about Franco and that Nicholas cares about Liz, but not enough not to be fucking with them for their own reasons. Yeah. And, I mean, Franco was laying it on very thick, and I was like, wait, is he in love with Ava? Like, everything he was saying to her was intense. And that, that like, so-called, like, Freudian slip where he was like, I'm tired of living up to Elizabeth's, I mean, everyone's high expectations. So do you think their plan is, I mean, to get back at them, but also what documenting... If they both have cheated on each other in literally the same moment, and it's both... I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, like, psychic. Like, I don't know exactly yeah. the, every step of their plan. Like, like what, what's, in but... the, what's in the infidelity clause if they both cheat on each other simultaneously? <laughs> I, that information I do not have. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't even want to say anything else because you just kind of solved it for me. <laughs> um Okay, so Robert and Olivia, we talked about the flashback with Holly. Oh, Robert gets so a phone brief, call from so Holly. Nice. It's so nice. Like, that would be so cool to see more of those, like, old school flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and then Robert gets a phone call from Holly, who he thinks is Holly, which I'm sure is correct. And his, contact, his source tells him she's in Monte, Col- Monte Carlo. Or the call originated call origin in Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. And there is a theory which he doesn't really believe, but I guess is a possibility that someone has a recording to fuck with him. Yeah. Um, but either way... He wants to find out. Right. And then Olivia's like, I want to come with you to Monte Carlo, which yeah. I love them having European adventures together. I love this for Olivia, too, because her her initial storyline on the show when she first came on was like all to do with Dante and the birth secret and all of that. And then... She's had a couple of romances, and then obviously now she's with Ned, and I'm just excited for her to have, like, an interesting storyline yeah. for kind of the first time in a while. has been, like, her this, like, burgeoning friendship with Robert, and now this, like, adventure with Robert in Europe. And the other benefit would be if they go and they go to Monaco, they go to some other European countries, they can pop back over to Geneva and see if... Give, have another shot with Dante. <laughs> another shot with Dante. Uh, sure. I mean, yeah. they're on the same continent now. Um, my my prediction, baby prediction, because when she was leaving the voicemail for Ned, she basically was like, I can't really talk. There's been some, some developments. I could be wrong, but it didn't look to me like she clicked the hang up the phone call button. When she said, I'm going to Monte Carlo. I'm going Carlo. to Monte Carlo with you. So I think she accidentally left that in the voicemail for Ned. So he will just hear that she's off to Monte Carlo, which is, she probably doesn't want to tell him until she's back. So he will probably get the wrong idea. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. If, if if Brooklyn wasn't in the hospital, I would guess that he would, like, show up in Monte Carlo. Yeah. But I can't see him leaving Brooklyn And right then he's going to be like, okay, fine. I get going to see Dante. I even get going to Holly's memorial with Robert. But my wife is traipsing all around Monte Carlo with someone. Like, that's... Yeah. And honestly, I, although I'm really excited for it, I, I could maybe see Ned's point at this stage. Like, I think yeah. he was an ass... To tell her not to go see Dante, but I feel like he'd maybe be a little bit more justified I, I in his like, anger. I feel like with her, you know, going to Monte Carlo. Right. I feel like if you cross state or international lines, that's when you're obligated to keep your spouse updated. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The teenagers minus Trina are hanging out. So I saw Dev mm-hmm. for the first time in a while, and really the takeaway was Cam turned to Dev and was like, "I think." Cam- 
Joss likes me. Which I, I think might be the case. I think he's correct. He seemed jazzed about it. I'm confused about what he wants, which makes sense. He yeah. doesn't know what he wants. Um, I don't want the teenagers to get broken up by... By or, romance. Yeah, by romance. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think that might be... Because we were just talking about the you know the previous scene with the teenagers when they had um, the t- conversation about homecoming, and we weren't quite sure what Jocelyn was up to. I, I, I think I maybe was right about that, too, that she was trying to preclude uh, uh, Cam and Trina from deciding to go together as, like, dates. Yeah. And, I mean, also maybe she likes Cam, but that protects her from having to have that conversation if right. they're all just friends. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay, so Carly and Ned. Ned comes to update Sunny. It was what I said at the top, how great that was. Yes. That Sunny was like, no, like, I don't, of course she's going to go. I'd go if it wasn't for my dad. Yeah. Like, are you, and like, you know, Olivia didn't ask Ned to go with her and leave Brooklyn. Right. Ned's right. just so in the wrong. Um, and that's kind of all I had there. Um, and this is the first time you've met. Stella. Stella. That's what I was going to say. Because then we're at the hospital and Mike and Sunny and then Carly and Joss join. They're, they're at Stella Turning Woods, by the way. You keep saying the hospital. Oh, they, he's at Turning Woods? He's at Turning Woods. Oh, I thought he would be at the hospital. Because no, of the not eating so. and... No, no. It's like um, palliative care. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I guess I, I see ho- vaguely hospital type things and I assume based on the title of the show, we're at General Hospital. So yeah, I met Stella um, she's been mentioned. She's mm-hmm. someone's aunt. She's Curtis's aunt. Okay. And she's, has she been on the show before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember, she's, she's, um, like a social worker or something like that, so she'd been involved in Mike's situation. That's why, like, Sunny and Carly are friendly with oh, her. Oh, okay. Um, and then... It, it seemed like she and Mike used to play cards together or something? I think just, like, dur- dur- in... Oh. During the storyline. Okay. Because C- Mike was, had many, many more good days. Like, this... The storyline has been going on for so long, and I know it's been going on the entire time you've been watching, but it's been going on for so much longer than that, with Mike, like, slowly and, you know, in essentially real time, kind of, you know, his symptoms increasing. So he, he used to be, like, you know, more chatty and and when they would play cards and whatnot. It's, so it's just from that. I don't think they knew each other prior to him getting sick. Okay. Um, but I liked Stella. She yeah. had good energy. She, yeah, she's and, interesting. She, her, her main other thing besides, like, helping with Mike, like, the only other storyline, really, that she's been involved with is um, she did not approve of Curtis and Jordan mm. getting together. Because, um, I don't know if you remember this, it's has come up in a while, because it's not super relevant at the moment. Jordan was married to Curtis's brother. Right, because that is TJ's father. Well, no, she cheated on him. Okay, and oh, with someone someone who's in prison. Yeah, Sean Ashford, who's in not Sean Ashford, Sean Butler. But no, wait, yes, yes. Did my brain just pull that out of nowhere? I think because you've said it to me. I've said it because Sean Butler, yes, is is TJ's dad. I'm astonished I got that name. Me too. The (laughs) actor is Sean Blakemore, and so it always messes with my brain because I'm like, wait, which one is? The actor, which was the character. But yes, so Sean Butler, who's in prison, is TJ's biological father. But Jordan was married to uh, Curtis's brother at the time. So he's named... Tell me that person's name. So Thomas. Thomas, Because TJ's named for his presumed father, Thomas Ashford. So he goes by TJ. And Thomas is dead? Yes. Okay. Anyway, so Stella didn't approve of Jordan then marrying Curtis. Mm -hmm. But I think they're all kind of okay now. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, I was just like, and Stella, like, they've talked about this and stuff, but Stella kind of said, like, okay, that, that day with the horses was lovely, and usually God gives you one last good day or something, you know, before the yeah. end. So I'm like, oh, for real, this might be, we might say goodbye next episode. I, I think, well, again, time is a weird thing in soaps, so... Or next I time we see them. Next time we see them, yeah, which, which might be, because the next episode is is a Friday episode, mm. it might be the end. Yeah. Um, and then, last thing, Nina and Jax, the best part of that storyline was the jeweler being like, my stories are coming on. Yeah. But um, I did enjoy that they hand him the pendant, and he's like, well, I've made hundreds of heart pendants. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. it's a generic necklace. But he doesn't recognize the picture of her mother. That was, I think, the most interesting thing 
for me. Oh. Because he said he had a good memory for faces. Mm-hmm. He remembered he remembers all his customers, but he didn't recognize her mom. So maybe it was a different actor. I'm just kidding. Huh. <laughs> um, maybe she sent one of her... She's evil, right? Ma- Madeline Reeves? She's, she's evil, not in a, like, um... Not in like a super villain with henchman kind of way. I, I mean, say, she could have had. She could have paid she someone sent off. A, hench, a hench person. But yeah, and then the person who signed for the receipt was Phyllis Caulfield. So this will be Friday, September eleventh. Um, I'm honestly kind of surprised this is the first time this has ever happened. Um, but we either didn't press record, or I accidentally deleted the file. Um, we are having to re-record. Uh, the segment on this episode because it is it is lost to time and yeah. space and my trash file. Um, I do take really good notes, so that helps. <laughs> Fortunately, we could probably have just skipped this. It just feels odd to like not acknowledge it. it especially the the close out of the week, right? So, and I kind of remember the main things we talked about. So, a uh, big picture was um, this is the f- <laughs> uh, this is the first. Uh, kind of a different kind of, not a flashback, but a flash forward in Joss's imagination. So she's kind of saying goodbye to Mike. And I wasn't sure at first. I thought, at first I thought she was flashing back to prom last year or something. Yeah, there was the homecoming one. Yeah. And they had mentioned, yeah, exactly. But she was kind of imagining first Mike, you know, at her homecoming, giving her a corsage. And then Mike um, at her graduation, and with, like, or she was getting ready to go to graduation, and um, and then all these her, like milestones, right? Milestones. Yeah. So at her wedding, and kind of imagining him fit, being present, and then probably what she was working through was like in her heart, he'll always be present at these events. So it was really lovely, and that's a very different kind of um, convention that they've used. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember all the details, but the biggest piece that was really interesting was uh, so. The two couples, or the two, the quartet of couples have just kissed. So Liz just kissed, Nick, Liz and Nicholas just kissed, and Ava and Franco just kissed at the exact same time. Right. So now um, they're, those same sets are meeting up again. And basically, I think... Wait, he, is this just post-kiss? This or is, this is leading up to the kisses? This is, ju- this is the next time they, see, they all see each other, they see each other post-kiss. Ah, okay. Because your theory was... Liz and Franco are playing Ava and Nicholas in yes, some way. Yes, 100%. And this is the moment I think I thought I, I agreed with you because uh, Franco to Ava and Liz to Nicholas have the exact same script. They both say, because Ava and Nicholas are now scrambling because if it gets out that they cheated, they lose all the money. Right. So both Liz and Franco very specifically say, don't worry, they won't hear about it from me. Because we think they have they had been photographed, and then we talked about this. Do you remember? Well, um, in the, the lost recording, they're kind of doing the plot from uh, "How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days." Yeah, because um, Franco says to Ava, "You have to find a way to fall in love with Nicholas, and vice versa, to make this work." And then Liz says to Nicholas, "This is mutually destructive thing. You need to end it." Um. So, yeah, just real weird on so many fronts. Yeah, very, very odd. And, like, Liz and Franco are both advocating for their marriages, for their their singular marriage, and seem to be trying to drive action of some kind. Yeah, and, and now where they've lost me is the sort of difference in their advice, right. kind of. They're giving them different advice. Maybe they're hoping they'll be just so busy and distracted by their whatever nonsense with each other that they'll leave Liz and Franco alone. I'm really unclear. Yeah. Cause, cause they're not quite like they're not, cause they're not quite parent trapping them. Right. Right. But they are, but like Franco maybe seems to be sort of trying to do that, but then mm-hmm. Liz is like, get out. So they're definitely playing them on some level. I don't know what the goal exactly right. is. And what's odd is cause like we're three weeks ahead now. So we've seen, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, I'm, no, I, but I'm I still sure. don't know. Yeah, it's, exactly. I still don't know. So it's fine. Um, this is the episode where we find out Britt is going to be the new chief of staff at General Hospital. Yes. Which is so fun because we've been at the hospital 
we generally spend some time at the hospital, but um, we haven't seen a full-on dramatic storyline about the hospital take place there because all the Cyrus Renault chairman stuff was off, not mostly not on camera, right? right? And even the like Monica and Bobby getting like sued and fired was mostly just people sort of talking about it in passing. We haven't really seen Monica or Bobby since they were fired. Like it's not really been yeah. But it's like, you know, front burner. It looks like five or six members of the staff all in one space talking about Brit. Yeah. And how Brit's going to, like, mess things up for everyone. Yeah. Which um, which I think will be fun. I think I did make a comment in our original version of this recording um, that I, I'm glad to see Brit back, but I was really hoping it would be her mom, oh, Liesl, right, who has been chief of staff before and who's even wilder than Brit. Like, she's way more of a supervillain. Brit's just okay. kind of like a... I don't want to say, like, lower-tier antagonist. She's, that sounds bad. She seems more like a Regina George or something than a, like, yeah. supervillain. Yes, yeah. M- Mama Liesel is a supervillain. Brit's, like, just kind of a mean girl. Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, and then the other big topic we talked about was this really, really odd scene with Cam and Dev. Yes. Which, like, Cam is kind of <laughs> complaining that... He, two girls might be into him or he, you know, he, yeah, he, he, he doesn't know which, what, which what one to choose. He likes, who he, he likes, he, he likes these two girls, blah, blah, blah. And I was getting like, at first I was getting Brando TJ vibes because Deb was like, well, it's no mystery why girls like you. Like you're smart and pretty and popular or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, that's cute. But then, um, Deb was like, basically I wish I had your problems. And Cam just kind of turns to Deb and is like, um, what do you even care, Deb? You're asexual. And Deb is like, shut the fuck up basically and stomps away so I thought that was so odd because I don't really know their dynamic that well but they all seem the four teenagers seem very friendly and, and you asked me like oh is this something that's come up before right, like it is, has De- is Dev ace right and right and Cam said it in a dismissive way um like has he come out to them as ace like that would be compelling backstory for Dev but you said no Mm-mm. so so uh, Cam is just throwing that around yeah so I don't I don't know what's going on there um, I don't know if it's the writers tossing something out, like, just for Cam to come off as kind of a jerk, or if they are going to explore some kind of storyline with, with Dev's sexuality. Um, but if so, that was a very jarring and, and I think, not excellent way to kick off that storyline. Yeah. Because it was just... it. it made Cam come off as kind of, like, insensitive and rude, um, and Dev took it very poorly. He got, like, really upset and stormed and away. That's not something you would toss up so casually when what he's really saying is you haven't dated a lot, or at all, or recently. Well, I, well, I, Maybe. Is he? I'm not even sure, I'm not yeah. even sure what, he, what he was trying to get across. So, you know, I, I would be tentatively interested in an actual storyline that explored you know, the teens figuring out their their sexual orientation or, or, you know, what it is about liking someone that, you know, as they, you know, figure out their emotions. Like, that could be good, but that, as a kicking-off point, gives me extreme pause as yeah. to whether, you know, if they even are going to do a storyline like this. I don't know why that would be just a throwaway line, mm-hmm. but um, but it definitely gives me a little pause about how they're going to handle it. And I think it's especially odd, too, because I think in comparison with other characters um, on the show, the four, those four teenagers have been so considerate of each other's feelings. I say the four teenagers. Dev hasn't really been involved in them, I guess, but Cam and Trina and Jocelyn have been so thoughtful and careful about each other's feelings and this little mini triangle they have going on, like, out of their way to, like, really analyze their behavior and make sure they're not causing any pain to their friends, basically. Yeah. So so my impression of the teenagers is, like, they're these, like, very kind and evolved. Very mature. Um, very mature. So it just seemed especially odd. Yeah. Like, if Cam had been a, a kind of jerk this whole time. You know what I mean? If he hadn't yeah. been so considerate. So anyway. Yeah, and, and I think I said the first time we recorded this that I, at this point, don't really blame Cam until we know more about, like, what the writers are doing with the storyline. Like, I think it was a shitty move by the part of the writers, but I'm not ready to be like, oh, Cam's a jerk. Right, I think it's right. just, you know, the writers are trying something, and I don't like it, but um, I'm hoping it goes somewhere better than that seems to indicate. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so this is a Friday episode, so we lost our favorite characters of the week. I think I remember mine because I just like looked through my notes for the, the week, this week. So I put my least favorite character, um, which I feel kind of bad about, was Dante because he wouldn't let Olivia in the room. Yeah. That was at the beginning of this week. And um, it was just heartbreaking watch, watching her like plead with him and then fly all that way and not just open the door for a few minutes and let her hug him. So I, I don't blame Dante exactly, but I really wanted that to happen. Um, and then my favorite character was Ava. Like, she like is many weeks. But I think specifically this week, there was that amazing... Do you remember? Like, there was this amazing... All the stuff with her and Franco and Nicholas is a little bit whatever, but she had this amazing scene with Portia. Yes. Um, where Portia's like... I don't believe you live an honorable life. And Ava, instead of like slapping her or was just like, I see that. And I respect you protecting your daughter. And it was just these like powerful women head to head in this like very elevated soap world. But, um, I just like, I love that side of Ava that she can own who she is. And like, I, and as a mother, I get where you're coming from. Parenting. It's all about parenting. Um, if you, I don't know if you want to think back to that week and try to guess. Okay, I think I remember mine, too. I believe I said that my least favorite character of the week was Martin because when he was showing, or he was giving Valentine, you know, whatever document that Valentine needed for his business, but he, like, opened up his briefcase and sitting right there on top was, like, the envelope from Nell. Right. And he had also just told Valentine that he keeps any important documents, like, on his person always. And I'm like, Martin, you're just asking for Valentine to use this information against you. Right. Um, and, and my and my favorite character of the week, more for the potential of the storyline than, than anything she specifically did, was uh, was Britt coming back as, as the uh, chief of staff yes. for GH. Very, very good. Excellent. Okay, I think we hit the highlights. Sorry if that was a little distracted because it it's been so long since we watched this actual episode so we might have missed some little details but, yeah, but wanted to, to not have just an unexplained gap for no yeah. reason for all the purists out there oh yes <laughs> oh yes the thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene I was like oh there's a hospital there's an actual hospital in this which sounds <laughs> dumb but I never thought about what the title was for <laughs>